You also didn't have any clothes on, which you now are rugged up. That's interesting. And welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. We've got Ben back again. Here again with Keeney. How are you? Good, mate. How are you going? Pod, what's happening? Boys, good to be here. Ready for another week. Another week indeed, up to our 15th podcast here. Plenty to get through, so we won't muck around with too many introductions other than jump on Twitter and Instagram at EDLpod. Plenty to get around there, but plenty to get around more with the news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. And I reckon we'll skip straight ahead to probably the injury news as opposed to the NFL news because we've got uh, our trade week deadline to talk about as well. So our resident doctor, Hoddick, kick us off, mate. Yes, injuries. Here we go. And if we want the news on the injuries, let's just speak to Papa. Jeez, there's been an uproar here. A lot of tears we uh, sense there. But um, his running backs have taken a hit. Chris Carson's out again. Uh DJ's on IR with a concussion, which is a little concerning. And Justin Jackson is also out. Um, we'll continue with the out. C-Mac again can't catch a break this year. Um, he's he's off with a shoulder AC sprain, but um, he's got a second opinion. Realistic chance for next week against the Lions, which is promising. Um, Joey Mixon not progressing too well from this midfoot sprain. This is now week three. Um, and can't can't get a lot of practice in, which is a concern. Uh, Monty, David Montgomery is out with a concussion, um, but some good news. Benny Roth is off the COVID list, so he will play. He did have a scare with the knee, uh, actually both knees last week. It's a little weird, but he's uh, escaped injury there. Um, Mark Ingram returns from a little absence. Uh, Miles Sanders is back, which is big for Thais. Uh, but the big one here, boys, is the chub. He finally returns and and he forms a little uh, tandem here with Duke Johnson in the backfield. We might that's a that's a firm return for Chubb. And we might have to call him the, the Park City Dicks from now on. It just seems to be a a little trend with how Benny forms this running back starting lineup. Any yeah. any You'd must be excited. Oh, I'm up and about that the old Chubbs yeah. returns. I'm, I'm nice and firm, uh, getting excited about the possibility of just slotting him straight into the lineup. Um, any other puns I can roll out here? What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're on to me. Johnson, Chubb. I'm looking at Richard Rogers next for the old, uh, the Dick Dublé. But we'll move on to some... Replay. <laughs> we had Norgy. our trade deadline come up this week. And, uh, and boy, were some trades going down right uh, towards the end of it. So kick us off, Keeney. You've got the first one to, to review here. Yeah, right down to the wire. A few of them went. Um, and obviously now that all the teams are locked in, ready to go, see where their teams end up falling in or out of the playoffs. It'll be interesting um, to see how that all shapes out. And I think next year we're going to review this trade deadline as well, I think, because um, it's been pretty exciting. And we'll, well, I think it's going to go to another vote. We'll see what happens. But let's review this first one. It was Matty Mack. This is a bit of a 
a bit of a stinky sort of nothing trade this one <laughs> Matty Mack brought Alan Lazard in for a future third round 2021 third from Jimmer now my initial thought on this one was kind of who's winning out of this I'm not sure Alan Lazard hasn't played since since week three I think it's more of a play for next year rather than this year um obviously Matty's a a Green Bay man, so he should know kind of what role Alan Lazard is going to play going forward. Um, is he stuck behind a few already, and will they bring in a wide receiver there? Probably the questions I've got for the future for Alan Lazard, and maybe a new quarterback in a couple of years' time as well. So, or less. interesting trade. I, I was just going to ask. We've got a few scouts amongst our GMs in this league, so Jim's <laughs> stacking some thirds there. Is he know something about? The future is it a deep class or looking in that twenty four to thirty six range for some future stars? He, What's going on? He he does have four of them, I believe, four third rounders this year. So he's clearly targeted that portion of the draft, which is a bold strategy, Cotton. If we've got that sound grab, we don't. But we, um, we should start getting it. <laughs> yeah, I, I look. I think it's to be honest. I think it's pretty even. I mean. We'll see what Jim can find in the third round and, and Matt gets a, a a player he could plug in at a, at a pinch if he needs to. Well, for a stinky trade, we've spent a long time. I know, on, so sorry. I'll, I'll get on to the, the next one here. Camo, he's, he loves a trade, this bloke. He will feature again and he's got James White in and a 2021 second, which is Keeney's, uh, for Jarvis Landry to Jake here and a 2022nd third. So um, Jarvis Landry might be a nice piece for Jake to uh, round out his receivers for the rest of this year with OBJ out. But initial thoughts, if any? Um, yeah, look, Jake needed help at wide receiver. I think Jarvis Landry can bring that, although it is looking more like a running offense um, under Stefanski there. And I actually like Camo getting Keeney's second round pick out of that because it's shaping up to be an early second round pick. But yeah, James White's an interesting pickup there. I guess he's hoping for a bit of uh, back half of the season resurgence from James White. Yeah, I think you can see the appeal from both teams. As you said, I think without Odell there, um, Jake's getting a little bit of coverage and they may trade Odell. Who knows? We kind of talked about his future a couple of podcasts ago, I think. Um, and he still gets a pick back in a couple of years' time. For Camo, I agree with you, Ben. Like My pick's looking like a top 15 pick um, in this upcoming draft. So... I think it's more about the pick rather than James White, but James White's fine if you need to play him at any given week. Let's move on to the third trade. Now, we have, how many do we have? Four. So this is the third one. The DFF in full motion here. His uh, intentions have been made clear. He's just offloading any form of currency that he has on his roster. And in this trade, he gave... Timos, a contender, Raheem Mostert. So it's a nice little piece there for Timos if he can get healthy and play. Timos also collected Jimmer's 2021 third and Steph's 2023 fourth round selection. My goodness, that is a long, long way away. It's a deep dive. (laughs) That is a deep dive. In return, Steph got Anthony McFarlane. He got Jim's second round pick this uh, in 2021. And he got Timos's 2023 second round pick as well. So a lot of picks going. So 
Can I just recap here is Jim's picks were being used as currency in a trade that didn't involve Jim at both sides of the party. It does. It does seem that way. Um, yeah. And I'm going to be look, fascinated think... to see where everyone's picks lie at the end of this season, because it's it. there's, there's not many still on their original roster. I think that that trade makes a bit of sense for both teams. I will say that I think Jim's pick this year, which is kind of, what they're trading, the main assets or the main picks they're trading, um, you know, that he could certainly be a playoff team. So that's no guarantee to be a nice early second or third rounder. So, um, yeah, look, I think the DFS just clearing any talent he can um, and clearly trying to rebuild in the draft. Absolutely. Um, we'll move on to the final trade that saw Camo and our own Hoddick swap some players and picks. So Camo got. Hollywood Brown and a 2023 third in and Brody got McCole Hardman, a 2022 second and a 2023 second as well. So, I mean, my initial sort of look at that is I have McCole Hardman and Hollywood Brown as similar types of players. So the fact that Brody, you walk out with uh, one spot, in or one round improved in the 2023 draft and an entire second 2022, I think you've done pretty well out of that one. Yeah, it's a trade that's gone back to basically a day after the startup draft. Camo was very interested in Hollywood, uh, as was I. I obviously picked him pretty highly and I've been a little disappointed from what I've seen this year. Um, I still think he's the best player in the deal. Um, but yeah, I, I like the appeal of McCole Hardman and in the passing offense he is. For this year, he's, he's that boom or bust player, similar to Brown. But um, we'll see if Sammy Watkins leaves after the year. That um, might boost his stock up again, Keeney. Mm, nice bit of insight there from you, Hod. It's just I think it's interesting to look at um, this trade from a from a kind of wider standpoint. Just in terms of Camo, he actually traded for McCall Hardman before the season started. Uh, so he gave up a first rounder and got a second rounder back. So net net to get Hollywood Brown into the lineup, he has given up a first rounder and a second rounder net net. Plus he gets a third rounder back. So Hollywood and a third for a first and a second. Blinded by the lights of Hollywood. But I will say also, I'm uh, I'm big on winning leagues rather than winning trades. So I don't mind if you like a guy and you want to spend up. Feel free to do it. What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. Uh, let's move on to the weekly reviews. We're talking about Camo himself. Like, up against the Gym City Stallions, who knocked him off 120 to 116 in this one. Uh, both three and six at the time, so it was a big game. Uh, sorry, or they were... Was that right? Two and six versus three and six? Yeah, I've updated that, the standards. Yeah, they both moved to three and six after this one. So it was a, it was a pretty big one. Battle of the QBs, really. Rogers, Cousins, Mahomes and Watson all put up a nice 20-plus score and some bigger ones from Mahomes in particular. I think he had 30-plus. I think looking through Camo's roster right now, his depth is officially a bit of a concern. He had to start Singletary, who we kind of don't really know what his role is uh, at the moment. We talked about Hardman. Um, Williams as well. Guyton, Cobb, Dwelly, all these kind of guys that he's had to start. Um have made his floor pretty low, I think, but he's getting by with those QBs um, as we've kind of touched on. 
going over to Jim's side, he's very healthy at the moment, which was kind of what we flagged as always going to be the recipe for him to make that playoff tilt. But also looking through his team, we've touched on it at the start, he still has eight picks in this year's draft. Now, he does have quite a few of those in the third round, but he's still got a couple at the top end, a couple of seconds, um, and a, quite a few thirds. So, um, you know, Jim's looking pretty strong if he can, if he can stay healthy. Um, I think kind of for Camo, it's, it's borderline onto rebuilding for next year. That's kind of like where, where I see his team at the moment. He finally got his man in Hollywood. Um, and you can see as soon as the draft ended last year, that was kind of what he was trying to do. He was trying to invest in those young receivers. And he's finally grabbed onto, I think, the main man who is after. So Hollywood Brown enters the San Diego Demons. From a, a prediction point of view, I got that one right, boys. I was on fire this week. I will say that. And um, just a quick teaser to the playoff kind of race here. Jim now, after that 120 burger, only sits 64 points behind the sixth seed in Papa. So it's game on. I will just quickly add in here that uh, I know that COVID being the year that it is in 2020, it's felt like an extremely long year. So much so that Keeney thought that the startup draft was last year. But uh, I have to remind you, mate, that that was only uh, a bit earlier this year. So still in the same year that that's happened, but uh, it has felt like a long one, that's for sure. Apologies for misspeaking, but <laughs> it, uh, it does seem like a world, away, uh, world ago, to be honest. It was such a simpler time. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Are you all right, mate? <laughs> well, I just remember it. Well, me and Thais, we were, were about to go to the golf, we were at the golf range, we we're about to hit 100 balls into the sky and then... Now here we are, bloody stuck at home, and a lot's happened. That's well, all I'll, just, I'll say. I'll just correct you there. There's no chance Thais is hitting the ball off the ground. I also <laughs> like, I like that I was, I was at the golf range with you, but that's been forgotten about as well. <laughs> <laughs> you were not. Yes, I was. Get out, out of here. Albert Parr. Yeah. No. Different. On okay. the draft night, me and Matt went to the golf academy. What is it? Ah, uh, yes. Oh. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. It was a good time. (laughs) Don't cut it out. All right, second game, the Johnny Unitas haircuts. Wow. Wow Wowee. 137. Defeated Jake, the former number one. I'm not going to call him number one anymore. The OJ's legal team, 128. Moves Jake to 0-2 in the divvy. Tough times for the old legal team. We did correctly predict that DJ Dallas would come off the taxi squad. Stevie, there he is, straight up the taxi squad into the lineup, and he performed pretty nicely. And with Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde ruled out again this week, I think he he's in line for some more decent work again this week. Looking through Steve's team, though, the, the thing that stood out for me is just how nicely this wide receiver group is forming for him, um, and it really could be the best in the league. Really, he's got Michael Thomas, he's back and playing. Tyreek Hill, Deontay Johnson, Justin Jefferson, and even Christian Kirk has gone to another level over the last two or three weeks. So that's a Post really trade. nice group of wide receivers. He really yeah. Christian Kirk has only played well since Manny got him into his team. So there's a special recipe going on there, I reckon. I tell you what, he's the wide receiver whisperer. Don't worry about the running backs; he couldn't care less about them. But his wide receivers are going beautifully. For Jake, we touched on another tough divisional loss in this one. Uh, but for him, on the positive side of thing, I think you've got to be happy with how Drew Locke's playing. He's been a lot better since he's been healthy the last couple of weeks. Um, just looking through his roster, I was kind of half anticipating an Odell Beckham trade here before the trade deadline, just to strengthen up the squad before we head into the championship window, which I believe he will 
be a part of. But uh, alas, nothing happened and he's going to hold him. Was part of your um, anticipation the fact that Jake openly put him on the trade block? <laughs> well, yeah, it was more I was, I was anticipating the trigger might be pulled and I, I thought uh, yes. uh, there's a good chance that he could, could be gone. Yeah, but, I spoke with no. him. I spoke with him about Odell. He, um, as much as he put him on the trade block, he still seemed pretty keen to, to get big returns on him as well. So anyway, that's just where he sees it. Ben, he didn't, didn't pull a Chubb offer for you? Did not pull a Chubb offer. Um, he wants players who are, who are playing, he said. And I did offer him a player who's, who's currently off injured. Um, but as I said, he'll still score more points on the rest of the season than Odell will. But anyway, he's hung on to him and he's got a good, still got a good asset on his list there. So hopefully he can find some scoring in other ways. He does. And I think looking kind of ahead into the playoff race, and we'll, we'll get into that a bit later in the pod, but I think he should be okay uh, for now. He scored enough points early on in the season. He just needs to continue to produce to make sure that he is a part of the playoffs. I did correctly predict the haircuts to get it done uh, against OJ's legal team. So 2-0 on the week. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. All right, moving on to the next game, we have the Grouse 107.4 defeating the Press... No, defeated by... Oh, could have got that wrong. Defeated by Prestige Worldwide, 120.5. Um, yeah, this game, it, as much as it doesn't look close in the final scores, it did have a matchup going into that final game of the round that saw Keeney with Damian Harris. And if Damian had have scored, I think it was something close to a 20 uh, would have given you the win, which is a big ask. But apparently um, Matt didn't see it as a big ask because I have it on good authority that he went out of his way to, to take some of his hard-earned cash and bet on one Damian Harris to have a big game in that one to uh, hopefully hedge his bets a little bit there. So he's You're trying to buy wins me. now. That is that is staggering. And I'll tell you, whatever it was, if it was 20, it was really only 19.5 because of Tonyan Gate number two. Imagine Ooh, if that kicked in. Oh, oh. I know. He did have to start Damn. big Tonyan in his wide receiver spot. He's getting a bit thin there. Um, but he was a bit thin in other positions. Matt only had one QB starting for him in this game, but luckily uh, Josh Allen returned to his early season scoring again, had about a 36 there. Uh, on Keeney's side of the ball tour, who bounced back from all his critics there. People were talking about trading him. They were talking about him being no good and they need to look ahead to the 2021 draft. That no, he, he actually looked impressive when he was uh, had the ability to throw the ball and the defense didn't have to do all the work for him. Also for you, Keeney, AJ Brown and Juju both looked very solid, had some nice games there, but DJ Moore continues to struggle in that offense. And that's got to have you a little bit worried there that he's not panning out the way that you anticipated when you drafted him. Hod? Just before you move on, the tour, the tour game was a great bounce back, but a couple of players that did like what I saw were uh, some runs. There were two runs in particular, and he did not get out of the way of the defensive back, which tells me he's confident in that body and the hip injury that he got over. So very promising for you there, Keeney. Definitely, yes. definitely. And um, yeah, I think if you got to look at what Matt's pulled out here, he's scored 120. He's had one QB starting. He's got Eckler to come back. 
Um, Preston Williams did go down, which hurts him a little bit. But uh, I think it's still promising signs for Matt for the rest of the season. And I uh, managed to get this match correctly predicted there as well. So uh, as much, Keeney, as you're going on about your week, I also had 2-0 and again on the week. How much, how much does the winner get this year? In our prediction pool? No, no, for, for winning the title. Oh, just let me just let me look that up. Well, uh, well the numbers man will crunch the numbers here. So Thais is paying weekly to that. That <laughs> could dry up very quickly. It's an interesting one because his division rival and brotherly rival is winning money on a weekly scoring title. And he is. Thais is paying to. So Matt's investing and, with it, and Timos is earning. There's a big, big yeah. difference in how the McMahons are approaching this league. <laughs> <laughs> the McMahons. <laughs> McMahons. <laughs> Oh, Vince and Shane. How are we going, Keeney? Should we move on or? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, Keeney's looking that one up. We'll get back to it shortly. We had the Humdingers, 131.52, defeating the DFF, who scored 57.5. Yep, that's, that is not uh, a mistake there. I've got... Uh, there's plenty to say about Steph's team um, and it gets a fair bit of airtime every week. But in a league in which we start 10 players and we've taken out things like defense and kickers in this league as well. So 10 positional players, you can have two QBs. This guy puts out a score of 57. So every player averaging just over five points. That has got to be the lowest score I think I've ever seen in any league. And that includes a league that has six people starting and you're starting lineup. He puts out 57. I mean, the amount of sound drops that I could have for him. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. There's so, <laughs> I mean, he, we didn't know where to start with this review. So we actually reached out to a fellow league member. Um, and, and Papa actually, we called him up and we said, what, what do you have to say about what this guy is bringing to the Empire Dynasty League. And, and this is what Papa had to say. Barrel here. You're fucking taking the fucking piss. Fucking be better, mate. Fucking put some thought into it. It's not acceptable. Disgraceful. Um, and some of the boys in this group are putting in some fucking effort and you go ahead and do that and get it for everyone, mate. So fuck you. Fucking be better. If you fucking want to keep staying in this league for fucking future, fucking put some thought into it. For fuck's sake, mate. <laughs> oh, oh, oh you, you sprung that on me and I've lost it. <laughs> oh, that was, just worked so well. It worked that perfectly. was an all-time speech Papa put together. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it and I've just enjoyed it very much again. Oh, thank you. oh goodness. But, I mean, yeah, when you go through his team at, at how he produced a 57, I mean, Papa did sum it up perfectly there, but... I mean, you look at his starting QBs. He can start two QBs, and um, I I had a look, and his starting QBs combined for a score of... 0.0. Which is never going to get it done for you. Sam Darnold, he's facing that again this week as well, which is a scary thought, Kenny. And how many wins has he had on the year, Ben? Uh, Let me just check. 0.0. (laughs) 
And 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 Ben, just while you're there, how many games will Sam Darnold be the starter next year? Um, maybe zero point zero. <laughs> we could go all day with this, couldn't we? Any other questions for me, Katie? Have you got any other ones? You think how many trades has he done in the TMD over the last two years? Oh, we'll have a quick look at the records here. I think it's zero point zero. <laughs> how are you, how are you coping with this one, DFF? Are you enjoying it? Give us oh, your feedback, I, mate. I haven't chimed in here. Can I ask a question? What sure. is what is the current IQ of the DFF? <laughs> zero point zero. Uh, oh. oh, this is too much fun. Oh, I've got to review this game still. <clears throat> uh, there's not much to review. CMC came back, looked great. Unfortunately, now dealing with a shoulder injury, so that's got to hurt Hod. Um, this zero QB approach that Steph's going with, it's a bold strategy and it's panning out exactly how everyone would have thought it would. Um, Humdingers, you lost Flipper Allen for the rest of the season, uh, which really did hurt your QB depth there. But luckily for you, Papa, who's just overflowing with QB depth at the moment, he dropped Alex Smith. Uh, and then scrambled to get him back off the waivers with his $28 bid and missed out to you putting all of your $47 fab in. So, um, look, all I can imagine when I had a look at what Papa's fab budget is, he must have wanted that spare $50 that he would have still had after the $28 bid for something else. Um, Not sure what your strategy was there, mate. Didn't get that one out, did I? (laughs) But I was correct with a... uh, with a DFF loss prediction there. So Hod, finish off this smooth um, review. Preview. No, review. There we go. Let's try and get well. through a review without any soundboard. Um, but feel free to chime in whenever you like, Ben. But we'll, we'll I'll tell you what the chance of, I'll tell you what the chance of that happening is. Zero point zero. <laughs> oh, Zoro. Now, the Park City Lions, your boys. Uh, a very respectable 156, um, but defeated by the guillotine himself, scoring 167. Correctly predicted on back. I think I was 0-6 last three weeks. I got one. Did I get two? No, I don't think so. Hey, All right, this matchup, this matchup was... Pro- and I apologise to the listeners. It's, it's a windy day here in Melbourne. This bloody blind hasn't been fixed. Um, I'll get to it. But this matchup, uh, it was projected to be a high-scoring affair, and it certainly was. Benny has an innate ability to get the best out of his next man up starters because David Johnson and Damian Harris both got injured um, in the game, which paved the way for Duke Johnson and Sexy Flexi Rexy. And Amandola, look at this lineup. Amandola, Hawkinson, Ebron, and Jimmy Graham all scored very well, as we all expected. But... When it is the year of the scoot, it all ends up being for nothing. And speaking of scoot, he hasn't been too impressed with the lack of airtime for the Bayside Executioner's winning ways. So on that note, we will move straight on to the matchup of the week in the straight cash. No, no, we won't. We won't scoot. We'll give you some airtime, you old angry man. If you, uh, if you told me scoot would have two three-point scores on the week, and a nine-pointer and then an eight from his quarterback. I would have expected a pretty ordinary score, but he's still put up 160-plus, which is a great sign for his squad. And 
speaking of great signs, he's got the best tandem in the league with Dalvin Cook and Devontae Adams. Um, they are clearly sitting atop their positions, not not by too much, but um, some seriously good assets there. And Teddy Two Gloves continues to rack up the points in that uh, sneaky high-flying offense in Carolina. So Scoot's squad is sitting very pretty. Will he, will he stay at number one? We'll see. Keeney. Well, nothing screams of year of the scoot more than Jacoby Myers having 14 targets and 170 yards when he needed to outscore Rex Burkhead by what was it, Ben? Two. Like six? Two. And to outscore him wow. by two. Oh, That's unbelievable. It hurt. Good insights. And the Patriots can run the ball. We know that. But their passing offense was... A little suspect, so probably not something we expected, but Scoot will still tell you he did. Um, <laughs> but we'll move on. The matchup of the week, the straight cash home is another 160-plus score. 167 um, moves to 7-2, and two, defeated the Punishers, a lowly 114, um, incorrectly predicted. I, I did say to Timos, you're welcome after my pick last week because that's what happens. If I pick you, you lose. And uh, But all we've heard this week is how lucky the straight cash homies were by none other than the Punisher himself. Um, so we will, we will air them out for the listeners and, and you can determine if it has any merit. So Papa lost David Johnson early to a concussion first quarter and also Justin Jackson got injured in the first quarter last week. Um, so a bit stiff. Zach Moss for Tim Moss and Metcalf hauled in late fourth quarter touchdowns. Um, I think Metcalf can score on anyone, so don't know about that one. Uh, this one was a little iffy. Uh, Will Fuller, he only had four catches for 20 yards or something and then scored on a 70-yard touchdown play where, I don't know if you boys saw this, but the 40-second play clock expired by a good five seconds and the refs didn't call the playoff as they normally <laughs> would. And sure enough, um, they've... He's hauled in a long, long touchdown on that one. So stiff there by Papa. But um, I think Papa has some argument, but not everything I agree with. But my take is that my boy, Irv Smith Jr., was the fortunate one here. He's ended up on two touchdowns with two touches. So, you know, we play a game of probability uh, in fantasy and that one I'm not sure is going to keep going. Do you have something there, Kenny, or you just... Flex no, I was going to say, then he got so excited that he pulled his groin. So, yeah, this week. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, so, Timos continues to put up great scores uh, on the back of four, four players on his squad that are top five at their position. Um, super strong top end of the draft he had, and he's getting rewarded for it. But he's also getting some solid scores from the lesser likes. Um, so, that, that also is happening helping on the weekly and Papa has definitely run into the injury bug here. Like many teams, it's been that sort of year, but he will need to get back on track if he wants to cement this playoffs playoff berth boys. Yeah. Who would have thought if you uh, draft an older average age lineup that you uh, hit with more injuries than maybe some other teams, but uh, I'm sure Papa's pretty cool, calm and collected. So he won't get too fired up with us uh, reviewing his <laughs> well, team in this way. Hod. I will counter that. The the old boys haven't missed a game. It's the younger boys that are getting injured there, Benny. So hold your Wee. Ho- so hold David, your horses. David Johnson, how how old is he? He's 26, 27. He's all right. Chris Carson, right, 25. For a, running, for a running back, that's like 56. Um anyway, we'll go to predictions. 
12 and 4. Uh, I'm up to now. Hod and Keeney now tied at 8 and 8 on the season. That's the power of love. That's the power of love. And our power rankings for this week, there are some, uh, there's a bit of movement towards the bottom of it. The, the other sections remain relatively unfazed here, but we'll kick it off with the bottom four. And of course, it's a no brainer every week, cemented, locked in. Number one lock of the week is paying $1.01 every week. DFF at 0-9, just staying at that 12 spot here. Number 11, the Grouse at 3-6. and six. A loss has dropped them down one spot this week to 11. And the San Diego Demons also at 3-6 and six have dropped down from number 9 last week to 10. Uh, and that's all on the back of this little riser here in the Gym City Stallions, also at 3-6. Three, three and six. He's moved up two spots from 11 to 9. And then go to our middle quadrant, Hoddick. Can we stop talking in quadrants? They're thirdrants, boys. Correct. We'll, uh, we'll go with number eight, yours truly, Benny, Park City Lions, down one spot mm. um, after a very encouraging score. Uh, Johnny United's haircuts is up to number seven. Um, having yeah. a good authority, he had himself at number one, so stiff there. Well, can I can I jump in that that we actually we looked at the rankings here and and Manny and I are tied after everyone's power rankings and thought, okay, well, what's the tiebreaker? We'll look at um, what the highest mark given to a team was, and and he picked me in the power rankings because someone ranked the Johnny United's haircuts as the fourth seeded team until we actually looked at it, and it was. Johnny Unitas haircuts himself, who ranked oh. himself as a fourth oh, seeded was team. Fourth. Right, I thought it was first, but uh, right. so pretty. Uh, I'm pretty stiff to to drop a spot to him there from old uh, big head haircut himself. You are <laughs> you are taking this positional decrease of one really well, Betty. Oh. But this is my time, and I'm going to finish it. So we'll, we've got Pappers, Punishers, who are just hanging on to the top six. Um, no movement there, and the Prestige Worldwide is staying put at number five. And speaking of the Prestige Worldwide, I'm not sure how much we need to take into these power rankings because I believe two weeks ago, Timos won and Maddie lost, and Matt moved up one spot and Tim moved down two spots. So I don't know what's going on um, with these power rankings, but the awesome foursome up the top, Keeney, you doing this one? Yeah, mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. And I was just gonna, I was just going to say I think Manny putting himself forth has had the exact desired reaction he was after, as you touched <laughs> on. To the listeners at home, he is filthy that he's number eight and he's dropped below him. Who did he put at seven? <laughs> Do you remember Keeney? Uh, is this a loaded question? You obviously know the answer to this. Didn't he? Didn't he put Timos as the seventh? Oh yeah, sorry. Team? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you're smoking, mate. On, on uh, unless you are just going for pure reactions, I don't know. Yeah, the rest of it seemed okay. Uh, the, the top quadrant, thirdrant, top echelon of the league, the Humdingers in at number four, no change there. And OJ's legal team, another drop, four from Grace here to number three. And I'll tell you what, it is tight between the number three and number four seed in the power rankings as well. Nothing in it between those two. At number two, we have the straight cash homies, record of seven and two, up to number two this week. I think that's his highest mark of the year. 
And number one for a second straight week is the Bayside Executioners. Oh, I said it with all due respect. That, no, look, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. It sure, you, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean that. It's in the that. Geneva Convention. Look it up. And we move into week 10 uh, where teams are going to be locked in now that the trade deadline has passed. And we start off with the Park City Lions taking on OJ's legal team, another divisional matchup. I'm one and one in the division. Jake is 0 and 2, and we'll be looking to change that. So, some takeaways here is that the Park City lineup uh, at RB position has been bolstered. Uh, there's injuries to injuries have helped. Sorry, both Duke Johnson, Kalen Balage, potentially, potentially Rex Burkhead, and uh, the old, as mentioned above, Chubb is back. And he is firmly back into that starting lineup of the Park City Lions there. So just looking at both teams, um, some pretty good matchups for their players across the board. So there's no real advantage in that side of things. And uh, I have a feeling that this one will probably go down to the wire um, as I can't seem to split these two teams, which you wouldn't have thought at the start of the year that that's what this matchup could potentially hold. And even the... Um, the sleeper app has it very similar ranked with 135 to 134 at the moment. So we'll have to wait and see how that one goes down. But my prediction is uh, after a fierce roar of intimidation from the Lions, I see the legal team passing a motion for victory. Here. Oh, dear. Jeez. Oh, shit. I can't, I can't believe you're tipping against your Balage Chubb. Oh, <laughs> Balage. Well, I was looking at it, and uh, if if Jake if Jake gets a good um, start out of the Washington running back, he could be McKissick the Chubb with a victory as well. Does that work? <laughs> I don't know. It might be it. <laughs> We've uh, just. Just for the listeners, we're uh, we're playing around with the previews and who does what, and we've gone this week to actually reviewing our own or previewing our own. And if that's anything to go by, I think this might be a one-week wonder, and we might yeah. go back to reviewing each, previewing each other's. But apologies, yeah. all. You're not wrong. Um, so with with that piece of feedback on board, I'll preview my own game here. The Grouse at three and six against Pappas Punishers. At five and four, it's really the last hurrah here for the grouse, I believe. But no doubt, we've touched on it a couple of times here in the podcast. The big talking point of this one, just that Papa's been the first player ever to have multiple injuries in one week. My goodness, haven't we just heard about it? Barkley, apparently that's a shock. He's been injured for 10 weeks, mate. I don't know why that's all of a sudden a surprise. Barkley's out, David Johnson's out, Chris Carson's out. They're all out. Even Justin Jackson's out. I mean, I think you, it's a bit... I just don't think you need to be lumping him into the same category as Barkley, David Johnson and Chris Carson. So just just relax there, Punisher. Um, moving on to our game, though, here. And looking, we've already obviously had the Thursday night game from Tennessee and Indianapolis. And a poor start from the grouse here with AJ Brown... And Jonathan Taylor, who I will say has been a little bit underwhelming, Hod. Um, they only put up 7.3 between them. Um, looking at Papa's side of it, it's really the Antonio Brown bowl. Obviously traded Antonio to Papa last week. And 
he was pretty quick in reaching out and asking if there was a cooling off period involved <laughs> in that trade, um, which I, I thought was quite humorous. But I think he'll be um, he'll be fine from here on out. He will be relying on guys like Latavius Murray, Sterling Shepard, Marvin Jones, these kind of guys to help him through um, this week. But I do think Marvin Jones has uh, got an okay matchup with Golladay out. Look, he's a strong favourite in this one, and I think you know it does have big implications for the division this week. But I think he'll be fine. I have already received a few reverse Moz texts from the Punisher, um, but I'm hoping also that early Monday morning my phone is just going off the hook because that can only mean that, you know, some bad things happen to the Punishers and it's up and away for the grass. But I do, I will predict, I will predict Papa in this one. I think I've had a terrible start and he's, uh, he'll knock me off. Well, it might be a trend here with the reverse mozzers, but we'll wait and see because we, we've got uh, myself up against the San Diego Demons here. And this is a huge game for the Humdingers looking to cement this number three division spot, which is um, not over by any means um, with Jim. Jim's got a nice little schedule coming up. But um, both teams get a little fortunate here with Mahomes on by and uh, McCaffrey out again with injury. But Camo has a lot more green for his starters' um, projections this week. So I hope that the matchups prove the sleeper app wrong. Um, and I got a little fortunate. You, you talked about it earlier, Ben, um, on the Wednesday waiver wire with Alex Smith being made available. But because not only does this help me with a bit of quarterback insurance, I don't know if he's much insurance given his situation, but fingers crossed for him now that Kyle Allen is on IR. But... It also helps soften the damage this week if scary Terry McLaurin decides to go off against the Lions, which there's every chance that happens. Um, but it may be a running back battle from Baltimore between the young Dobbins and the old Ingram. He looks like he's returning or if, uh, if Drake can make a speedy recovery um, against the Bills. But I'm going to continue this trend and predict that the San Diego Demons keeps this division race alive and knocks me off this week. Um, but there may be a little Matty Mac reverse Moz action in this one because my tips rarely get up, boys. So a bit of tactic, method to the madness here. But I'll, uh, I'll keep going. Um, but there's not, uh-huh. there's not much to really dive into here. The, the Gym City Stallions versus the Dynasty Football Footprints. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but the DFF, um, they are, we've talked about it. They are rolling out the 0.0 quarterback lineup again. And as much as I wish for an upset here, oh. the only way the DFF pulls off this upset is if the major sponsor, WD40, creates a big oil spill where the stallions slip over and break a few legs. But I obviously don't foresee this happening. And the Stallions in a canter here, Ben. Oh, oh, I love that. It's only taken 10 weeks, but we finally got him on board, Keeney. Yeah. <laughs> a ridiculous pun prediction. Very funny. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. I'm looking at the DFF here. And as you said, another uh, zero QB week. He's put up 57 last week. I, I think even if you land that number one pick, mate, I don't think it's uh, going to be the instant fix for your team that you're hoping it will be. But I guess we'll have to wait and find out. I've got 
the next matchup here, which is the Johnny Unitas haircuts taking on the Bayside Executioners. And hasn't uh, Scoop just cleaned up this division so far? He's 2-0. Uh, Manny is 1-1 one one on the division. And so Scoop will be looking to make it a perfect scalping uh, or beheading in his case. Um, but for, for Manny, he's got um, Michael Thomas, who was back last week, but was only on 55% of the snap count there. So... I think they will be definitely utilising him a lot more. So we'll expect to see his output increase this week. Um, some tough matchups actually for both Scoot and Manny across the board there. Um, Dalvin Cook and Devontae Adams, as you mentioned early, earlier, Hod, um, they've been unbelievable for Scoot this year and he'll be surely looking for them to continue their form. And that is... In the last three games, Adams has scored 38, 27, and 28. And Cooks is actually, in the last three games he's played, 17, 48, and 38. So some seriously good form coming from those guys. Uh, and they are doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. And that 17 you mentioned for Cook was in a half. He got injured yep. first play of the second half. So, so on fire. Absolutely. And he's looked absolutely solid since coming back from that week off in the bye as well. So uh, back to Manny's side of the ball, Mr. Unlimited uh, is yet to score under 20 all season. So even since his last few weeks, he's sort of come back down to earth from his absolutely red hot start. He's still playing unbelievably well. Um, and as Keeney mentioned that bringing old DJ Dallas off the taxi squad, um, he continues to be the healthiest running back in Seattle. And with all this news about Carson uh, this week, it looks like he will return to the same sort of level of work that he got a couple of weeks back when he had a very nice outing. So my prediction here is uh, that the sensible haircuts won't have to worry too much about how their haircut looks after this week when the executioners pull out their guillotine and use it for the eighth time this season. Oh, tumbleweed. Terrific. That's pretty good. That's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, that's clever. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Hod's just holding up a picture of the uh, the post he put up on the Instagram page, at EDL Pod. If you haven't seen it, go check it oh. out. It is very topical for what Ooh. we're talking about here. First time raised. Topical. Thais will love it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right, last game. This has got to be the matchup of the week, doesn't it, Ben? Oh, I reckon it does. We didn't write it, but it is. Uh, just smooth as, mate. Yeah, Going we're on fire. So we know, we know the time not to record the podcast, and that's a Sunday midday. <laughs> Clearly at our lowest. The coffee's uh, worn off. The beers haven't kicked in yet. That's where we're at. Uh, well, in this one, there's just there's no love lost in this game. The Prestige Worldwide at six and three come up against the Straight Cash Homies at seven and two. Looking back at last time they met, which seems a while ago, but it was uh, about ten days ago, the Straight Cash Homies put up one twenty two to one hundred and six. But you have to remember that was the week that Thais had to reach into the deep recesses and start the man. That has just one vowel, but two Zs in his last name. Kyle Juszczyk in it, running back. Juszczyk. Uh, 
I didn't say I, I'd never thought I'd see the day where old Kyle Juszczyk would get a start, but it ended up being an okay play in the end. Um, I think looking at this week, I think there's a bit of an advantage to the black leather gloves early in this one. Early with Tannehill only putting up 10.7 against a pretty tough Colts defense and Corey Davis putting up a respectable 9.2 for Thais in that Thursday night game. So a pretty nice start there for Prestige Worldwide. And he does, on top of that, get Miles Sanders back this week, which he's uh, been hanging out for. And just from a pro- projections point of view, there's just a lot of green on, on Thais' side here. Um, so some nice matchups. We do have a nice little Kyler v. Josh Allen matchup indoors going against each other. So that will be pivotal in this one, no doubt. And I have noticed in, in the Prestige Worldwide's wide receivers slot, we do have Jakeem Grant in there. Now, we know he's played Robert Tonyan at times, but uh, Jakeem Grant is the one he's gone for this week. And what do I see here? Mark Andrews on the pine? This is controversial. Ooh. Invested a lot in Mark Andrews, so it'd be interesting to see if that uh, that actually does happen. Looking at Timos' side of the game here, does has does have some really nice upside receivers week to week. He's got Mike Evans, Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, Will Fuller, and Claypool. So it's a really nice wide receiver group when you look at it in isolation. From a prediction point of view, I'm actually looking forward to this one. It's a really important game for the Vontae Mack division. Obviously, Thais with Jared Goff coming up against the Seahawks. I reckon that's a really nice matchup. And he's had a nice start already. So I'm going to tip the Prestige Worldwide in this one to get revenge and add another win to his portfolio. I think we've chosen well here. That This is an absolute beauty of a matchup. Plenty at stake and some Mm. good battles here. Love it. And the winner of this will actually take the top of the division. Oh, actually, no. Matt's about 70 points off Tim in points four. So he'd, he'd have to win and, and outscore him by 70 to take the top spot. But it will definitely close the gap of that division there. But we're going to jump now that we've done this to... Uh, we thought that now that we are getting to the pointy end of the season, it's time to start looking at what the playoff rankings look like and also what our number one pick situation looks like. So we thought we'd uh, give a bit of a snapshot of the EDL playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope right. we can win a game. Playoffs. Uh, so <laughs> right now, as it stands, probably no surprise here that the number one seed would be the Bayside Executioners if the season finished today followed by the straight cash homies at number two. And number three seed would be our own podcast in the Real Humdingers, just being part of that weaker division there is really helping out a lot. And the fourth seed would be Prestige Worldwide. So the fourth seed, we did mention this last week, and Kenny, I've already forgotten, fourth seed goes off uh, next best record and the fifth and the sixth seed go off next best scoring. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And the fourth seed tiebreaker will go off points four. So if there's two teams with the same record, uh, it goes off points four. Okay. So right now that sees Matt getting the fourth seed there, which leaves the fifth and the sixth seed to OJ's legal team and Pappas punishes on points. But as you rightly pointed out, Jim, just hot on the heels of Papa there in the points four. So why don't you run us through, Keeney, who, who currently is in the hunt for that playoff run? Well, I'll tell you, I think there's three teams here that are 
that are genuine chances, a couple that are very long shot, but um, going through them, the Park City Lions, your good self, Ben, only 23 points behind Papa at the moment. So that's a that's a real coin flip, obviously, with three or four games to go. That, that could go any which way. The Johnny Unitas haircut's only 33 points behind. Jim City Stallion, 64 points behind. So I think those three are legitimate chances to, to find that sixth seed if, if Papa ends up there, and that's that's kind of the race um, for that sixth seed. The other two guys, the Grouse, myself, I'm 116 points behind Papa, and the San Diego Demons are 117 points behind. There is one other team, Ben. I'd like to ask you a question on this one. Yep. Um, and I was just wanting to know what the percentage chance that the DFF makes the playoff oh, is. Let me, let me just punch it into the calculator. Zero point zero. There we go. Nice. But we will speak of percentages when it comes to the DFF. And Hod, why don't you run us through, what's the, uh, what's the race right now that if the season finished, what percentage chance would the following teams have of nabbing that illustrious number one pick? No worries. We've got Mr. 0.0 himself with a 41.4% chance to earn the number one pick. The second, our very own Keeney with... 25.1% chance and there's becoming more and more pressure on the DFF and I'm feeling like the league are just wanting someone else to slip up above him and take it. Uh, we've got Camo here. He's uh, third behind, but you boys want to clarify what this means? Well, I've, I've put in no bueno because he doesn't hold a first round pick and it's gone <laughs> to Ben. So the third, the team with the third highest percentage is actually Ben because he's got Camo's first rounder and his own. So totaling those go. up, he's at about 21% chance. So he comes in at, three, mm. uh, at number three. Tasty. Righto. Then we have Manny, 9.2% chance. And we know he'll be taking a running back with the number one pick if he gets it. <laughs> and then we've got Benny as well with a 20.8% chance. And this is the point you alluded to, I think. It's a 15% chance and five added. So that's where we get that. And then Slim Jim with a 3.4% chance there to think, get uh, the number one pick. I think a couple of things need to be mentioned here, and maybe this might be the first time um, this gets discussed in the old tank for Trevor, that a 41.4% chance right now to the DFF, which, I mean, you could look at it the other way. There's about a 60% chance that the DFF doesn't get the number one overall pick. But further to that, uh, our own Christopher Keane, just 26 points behind him for that number one spot. So it's absolutely no lock with a few games left on the season. And it's not like Keeney's team has been scoring tremendously well. However, I think that gap might open up if the old zero QB strategy is going to get rolled out again this week, Keeney. There's one other interesting dynamic which we haven't really touched on, but with you holding... Camo's pick, which in its own right is a 15% chance of getting the number one pick. You are the only player in the league that is a chance to make the playoffs and get the number one pick. Juicy. Be pretty good. Which would be interesting. Well, can I just ask, the DFF has copped a lot of heat for his 0.0 strategy and obviously hurting his scoring. What on earth are you doing, Keeney? 26 points behind him. (laughs) Oh, it definitely says How a lot about your have? squad <laughs> when you're still only 26 points off and he just ripped out a 57. 
<laughs> yes, mean, sir. You, were you ahead of him last week? Did you have less points than him last week? Uh, if that's the case. It was 10. It's 10. The gap's widened. <laughs> it's widened. Oh, God. Nice. Well, anyway, um, we haven't got a crystal ball this week. Unless, Hod, you've got anything that just pops into mind. But uh, actually, I'll, I'll... Back to the future! Ow, my balls! That is correct. We will play the sound drop for Hod's crystal balls because I think um, Keeney wanted to jump in with his own. We should have changed it to Keeney's crystal balls. What was yours, Keeney? Uh, my crystal balls was that Miami is not going to trade to her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. He he did. Uh, let's just clear this up. It wasn't <laughs> it, the crystal ball wasn't that they Please were do. trading him. They were doing the right thing by the organisation by having a longer look at him. But yes, he did hear my jab, and boy, did he throw me back a big right hooksy. Well, left hook. Are you, are you still on? Uh, yeah, not bad. Are you, are you still on Team Fitz? Where do you stand on Fitzy? Mate, I could watch those quads all day. How big bad boys. <laughs> uh, I reckon wrap it up on that note. Absolutely wrap it up on that note. Well, it's been an interesting one. It's probably been our least polished, uh, and you would think that. 15 times in, we would get better. <laughs> like a fine wine, we would uh, get better with age. But alas, I guess time does matter more here. But it's been another interesting week to look at with the trade window closing up. Not as much sort of aggressive movement from those teams at the top. Um, so I wonder if it's one that we'll look back on in years to come and think that it was a bit of a mild trade window there but only time will tell on that one what are your final thoughts on the week Keeney yeah it's a good call on that I think there'll be a lot more aggression next year but my main thought is that it's 31 degrees in Listerfield and I need a frothy frothies I'll be joining you too but um, I'm just looking at the EDL pod insta page and if we're going to hit worldwide, which is where we're aiming, we're probably going to need the 12 actual members of this league to follow the page. So we won't be surprised by this. But Timos, you're the only one that hasn't followed the EDL pod page. So get on board. And on that note, I'll wish everyone in the league luck this week, except Camo. Podcast over and out. Yes, sir.